0: Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talko Supremo. Hmm. Hello, John. I live in Melbourne, which is the state above Tasmania in Australia. I wonder if you've heard about the Port Arthur massacre, which occurred in Tasmania in 1996. Hmm.
1: Now to the massacre in Australia.
2: A lone gunman kills 32 people at random as an Australian tourist attraction. When tourists heard gunfire from a... Police say he fired deliberately, targeting his victims, including several children with his high-powered rifle.
0: Ah, uh, son of a... Bitch.
1: Guys, guess what? <laughs> what? If you're listening on today, Taco Tuesday, guess what day it is? Taco Tuesday?
0: I'm going to put this shit out on Monday. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> shit. Taco Tuesday today is October 1st, and you know what that means. The month-long celebration of Halloween starts.
3: I know. Oh, I'm... Dang it. I should have taken on all the Halloween stuff I have, which is not much.
0: I cannot wait to a Halloween story. Remember last year, I was like, "This one isn't bad, guys." I promise. That oh was, <laughs> and then and
3: still is etched yeah. in my mind forever. Ten minutes
0: later, drinking blood from a penis straw.
3: <laughs> well, we were drinking, not Jello. drinking blood from a penis <laughs> shop. But that
1: anyway. So, if you're local to Charleston and you want to celebrate Halloween early with us, we are doing an exclusive event for our tacos, a tour of the city jail. Now we only have twenty spots, and about. Few of them have been taken already, so if you would like to join us on October 18th at 8 p.m., please make sure to reserve your spot, like the event, and answer the question, a.k.a. RSVP, so that you can reserve your spot.
3: Because as you guys know, we talked a lot about the jail during the Lavinia Fisher, Lavinia Fisher, Lavinia Fisher. Lavinia, (laughs)
1: Lavinia
3: Fisha. Um, Lavinia story. Uh, So there was a lot of interest about doing the tour afterwards. So we're super excited. I think it's going to be a blast slash Mm. scary. So we're going to be getting some drinks before and after
1: the tour. Also, John, you are not going to be standing anywhere near me during this entire event. Because you are going to try to freak me out.
0: No, the jail is going to freak you out. (laughs) I don't want to do shit.
1: (laughs) I don't need to poking and prodding at I'm gonna wear
0: I'm gonna wear a uh, pentagram shirt and I'm gonna try to invoke demons into the tour
1: <laughs> and I'll follow closely behind you with
0: I'm gonna be speaking Latin <laughs> my
1: cross cross and holy water holy water <laughs> and rosary beads rosary beads and um with my scapula wearing my I will be wearing my scapula, scapula? what's a scapula oh, I thought you said
0: spatula <laughs>
1: The scapula. It's like um it's like a patch, it's usually blessed and you're supposed to wear it and if you like if you die wearing it, you're supposed to go straight to heaven or something like that. If
3: Wait, I, what? Wait, how much are the damn patch? things? I want one. What kind of patch? Like I'll like, show you. Uh... Hold on. Wow. That damn all seems you gotta do is exclusive. buy that thing and go to heaven? Oh. John's like <laughs> <laughs> Ding ding. Yeah. Fast pass.
0: <laughs> yeah, because Catholics never sell passes to heaven.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, what was that whole time period called? Um, the
0: Reformation.
3: <laughs> was it called? The Reformation. Yeah. When they bought and Martin Luther's paid off their uh, sins.
0: Yeah, Martin Luther um, nailed that doctrine to the wall or whatever of the church because the priest was buying, uh, or he was selling tickets to heaven. So if I wear that shit, well give it to me, I'll wear it all the time. I'm going to go to heaven. You don't believe why don't you just wear it all the time? Jen, there's so much shit that could happen right now and you well, die. Well, I get
1: scared that I'm going <laughs> to choke that when I'm sleeping with explode. it. That
0: microphone could explode.
1: Is that it, is it ribbon wrapped around it? It's that? like a string. Um, there were images on it. I don't know what happened to them. Did, yeah. Was that co- from like a confirmation or something? Uh, no, I think I got this in like the third grade and the, a nun came and passed them out. I wear it during the day, and then at nighttime I put it on my bedpost because I'm afraid that I will, like, strangle myself because I move
0: around in my sleep. Yeah, but then you'll go to heaven. Isn't that the point? <laughs> See, now if there's an earthquake, your bed will go to heaven. <laughs> but Oh, but you're on the bed, so I get your, I get your thinking there. It's very smart.
3: It's a transportation mechanism. Yeah, me- <laughs>
0: transportation mechanism.
1: <laughs> All right, you guys can make fun of me. It's fine. <laughs> I've
3: never heard of it. Uh, really? No. Huh. I know that we're doing a taco special. For Lauren. In
1: Australia. Good night, Lauren. But that's about all we know. It's probably daytime there now. Yeah.
0: All right, Nicole. So how much do you know about Australia?
3: <laughs> um, I know that they have a lot of very large bugs and reptiles and lizards that make me maybe not wanna
1: go, but otherwise Australia seems really cool. Australia originally started as a colony for prisoners. Mm-hmm. And it was um, shoot. I did a whole project on Australia like two semesters ago, and I prisoners don't... from where? London, England. But there's they're different um, provinces. They're kind of like states for us. Mm-hmm. And also, they have a game called footy. That's a mix between soccer, rugby, and American football. Hmm. And gambling is legal there, and there's all kinds of gambling stations. And we had those really cool Australian snacks. Remember the Lamingtons?
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So, Nicole, our third place Geography B winner. Nicole, mm-hmm. we're smack dab in the middle of Australia. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I was to drive, which direction would I have to drive in order to get to Tasmania?
3: South. But it's an island south of Australia.
0: Southeast. Ah, see, I was, that was a trick question there. I was yeah. going to say, well, you can't drive you can't, to an
1: yeah. island. Ah, I was going to ask you if you wanted to phone a friend because I knew that. Nicole.
0: Third Thank place, you. Geography B winner.
1: Thank you.
0: That was good. That was actually really good.
1: Thanks.
3: Because
0: before this story, I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> In fact, I just figured out that there was a the Tasmanian devil is a real Tasmania. animal.
1: Yeah, it's a it's like the honey badger, but Australian.
0: Yeah. All right, as Jen said, Tasmania is where they would ship prisoners to, and actually, we're going to the historic site that used to be a a big penitentiary. penitentiary. Oh, like that
1: movie that we watched? It wasn't that was on. Yeah, but it's not. It's not in Tasmania. That was in somewhere else. That was in yeah France or something.
0: Yeah. So, but it was
1: like a ca- oh, prison like, camp like that,
3: like um, like an I- Elvis Island type thing, or um, like in kind of Monte Cristo, Elvis Island, Elvis, where Napoleon was sent.
1: What the fuck? Did you know that Nostradamus
3: was <laughs> it's an a bri- island that was for prisoners? I guess I don't
0: know.
3: Well, Napoleon was on isolated on his own island, but like the Count of Monte Cristo, there was a prison. Never read, it. And never it was... read that. You never saw the movie The Count of Monte Cristo? No, no. Oh my god, it's such a good Is movie! Is a love
0: story where there's, like pirates?
3: No, and but I made you watch The Count of Monte Cristo once,
1: and it was it's really good with Jim Caviezel. Did you guys know that
3: Nostradamus
1: actually? predicted there were three Antichrists, and they believe that Napoleon was the first one. Hmm.
0: Is Trump the second? Oh, should I go no, that? Hitler I don't know.
1: <laughs> Hitler was the second one.
0: Oh. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. That makes sense. Uh, all right, so I'm showing them a map because even I don't know where the fuck we're at. Oh, wait, let's see. Here it is. Um, Google Earth. I fucking love Google Earth. It I don't care that cool. they're taking over the world, man. This is a badass app, and I don't think anyone uses it like they should. Like, for real, Google Earth is fucking amazing. It is cool. Game chisers. All right. So, like Jen said, what the shit, ass clown. Wow, fucking we're in out of space. stupid out-ass Google Earth. You suck.
3: I thought you just said you loved them.
0: Like Jen said earlier, Australia was used as a um, port for inmates, and she's crazy. We're going to Tasmania, and the reason it was used for her, a port for inmates is because there's really no escaping this island kind of like Alcatraz so it is at the very bottom here although
1: someone did escape from Alcatraz they swam
0: so mm-hmm. basically and well, it's going to be very important this story because there's not many roads in and roads out and uh well, I should probably say this story is for Lauren our talkus primo did hey lauren
1: that? hello lauren that was not hello lauren that was British. <laughs> that was not we us we're stop. terrible <laughs> Good day, Lauren. Sorry. We're... Good day,
0: Lauren. Hello. <laughs>
1: Hello. <laughs> and welcome to Talk Murder
0: to Me. Uh,
1: and...
0: Yeah. All right. So here's kind of where we're going. Down here to Port Arthur.
3: And there's not a ton of people that live in Tasmania Oh, today, no. Right?
0: Not not a lot. And so well, we'll get into it. But this part especially is very touristy. In fact, everyone that goes here is tourist.
1: It's like the Key West of Australia.
0: All right. Tonight, this is the man we are talking about right here. He has long blonde hair. Whoa. Yeah, that's a man. (laughs) He's got long blonde hair named Martin Bryant. Wait, did you say
1: that's the killer? No, he said that's who we're talking about. That's what we're
0: talking about tonight. We're going to April 28th, 1996. I don't think Lauren was even born. I know she didn't really know much about the story, but hmm. I was 10 years old during this time. I don't really remember this, you know.
3: You, but it was
0: international news? Yeah, it made international news. Hmm. All right. All right. Martin Bryant, his alarm clock goes off 6 a.m. Beep, 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 beep. Wow. Now, it's a big day for him. Remember, I said this is April 28th, 1996.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How we're doing this story is I'm gonna cut it up into different sections because there's different uh, locations of it. Okay. So I'm gonna break up one location and then I'm gonna go back and talk about, you know, the family growing up. Then I'm gonna do another location of events. Talk about psychology stuff. So just try to stay with me. All right. If every if you're ever lost on the story, try to just let me know. Okay. okay. Because it's very, Maps a it lot. jumps around, and I think the best way to do it is to intersperse these events. Okay. All right. So the house you're looking at that is a seascape. It's actually a guest house. It's guest house. A guest house, yeah. So it's a, kind of a probably something you would find on a, Craigslist. No, not Craigslist. The other Airbnb. one. Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. So probably like a Airbnb type of style. A couple families could stay there. Martin Bryant alarm clock goes off. 6 a.m. 6 a.m. He wakes up with his girlfriend. His girlfriend leaves. Mm-hmm. Martin Bryant takes a couple sips of Bailey's like he always does and Sambucci. Is that Sambuca. What it's, Sambuca. 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 What is that? I don't
3: know. It's like an—it's usually something that you have after dinner. It's like an after-dinner drink, and it tastes—it's it? orangey. Yeah. It's fucking gross, but it's an—I believe it's an Italian after-dinner drink that's orange-flavored, like a triple sec flavor.
1: You know what it sounds like? That meat.
3: Salt and boca? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Definitely does. It's fucking gross.
0: All right. So he gets into so his bowl. Vo-
3: Bailey's, and that is a Ew. weird. I guess it'd be like a cream y. Yeah, type. but different. Yeah.
1: For in the morning, that's rough. That's like Irish coffee, but not. It's like worse. I like, I mean, Irish coffee is good, but that's just whiskey and coffee. Yeah.
0: So he takes a couple swigs, and he gets into his Volvo. He's got a huge day planned today, and he drives down to Seascape, where you just saw. Now, it takes him a few hours to get there. Um, now,
3: it's on the way to Port Arthur. Got it. Okay. Is yeah. this
0: like a daily commute? No, it's not a daily commute. He, he actually knows personally the couple that owns Seascape, older elderly couple, uh, David Martin and his wife, Nolene, and... From what the reports say, now, it's hard to get an accurate report, for this story at least. But from what we know, you saw the house was burned down. Right. That happens later that day.
3: Okay. But
0: I will say, he walks into the seascape and he kills both uh, the couple. Really? He kills the couple. Yeah, he gags David and then he stabs them both. And,
3: and it's an elderly couple. It's an
0: elderly couple, oh, yeah. No. 60, 70 years old. Yeah. I'll get into this a little bit later. But his father, supposedly, from what I've seen in reports, was trying to buy the seascape for an investment property. And the Martins, from what I've seen, kind of snuck in and grabbed it, you hmm. know, before he the deal could be done and, and bought it for themselves. So that gives you motive right there.
1: I guess. Yeah. What would you name a house if like I feel like some houses have names? Well, I didn't
3: realize this, but all the houses on Sullivan's Island have names. Really? I did yeah. not notice it until a
1: couple weeks ago we were driving. I was like, Oh yeah. these all have names on them, don't they? I know like some houses on Isle of Palms have names like the Flamingo House mm-hmm. and the Key Lime House. Mm-hmm. And-
3: but we, we'll have to come up with one. Just like we, we know the name for the, the yacht, you know, whenever well, yes. if we're mega billionaires someday. Yacht Murder to Me, obviously. Obviously. Um, so we need, a, we need a Talk Murder to Me house name. Tacos, submit your recommendations.
0: All right. So you guys think this story is still going to be pretty smooth sailing. He leaves the seascape. They're both dead. And, in fact, there were a random passerbys that were coming to look at the property like tourist, you know, and, and maybe stay. Mm-hmm. And he said.
3: And are they still in the house?
0: No, the he's bodies? walking out. He gets back in his Volvo. He talks to, you know, this random couple. Now mm-hmm. they kind of get spooked off. But he actually told them, come down to Port Arthur because I'm going to get a coffee down there, you know. Mm-hmm. So now this is probably around 10 a.m. Now he drives. And he did he leave the bodies in the house? Yes. Okay. So he gets back in his car and he drives down to Port Arthur. Now, what I told you is the tip of the iceberg on this story. Just you have, a tip? Yeah, nah. you guys literally have no idea what's coming.
3: Okay. But... You're right. We don't. Yeah,
0: he goes into the Broad Arrow Cafe. Now, he is in the historic Port Arthur. What happens now is pretty well documented. There are conflicting reports. I need to say this before we go any further. This story... Actually, has a very large conspiracy behind it. Really? Yes, um, I love. But I'm not going that route. But are tonight. you going to just touch on what we're? I'll touch on it, and if this episode is popular, if you guys share this episode and subscribe and love this episode like you guys have been doing it, and request me to do the same story but in the conspiratorial mind, I'll do it. Cool. Oh, I like that huge. word. Yeah, it's a huge story. Hmm. You know. That's a good words with
1: friends Yeah, word. No, it's it can, more
0: than seven characters.
1: It, words with friends, words can only be seven characters? Well, no,
0: not only, but...
1: You're only giving I mean, you
0: can build up a, you could build up that word.
1: Oh, see, I, clearly I don't play. Just because I'm terrible at it, and I got tired of losing terribly to you guys. That's
3: how I felt when,
1: with John recently.
3: It's fine.
0: Martin Bryant, he walks into the Broad Arrow Cafe, and I'm going to show you pictures. There's videos and everything. Now, the videos... I'm putting on talkmer.com supposedly are banned and the Australian government actually put out this huge thing that says, watch out because these, you know, official evidence videos are leaked out onto the public. Tasmanian police are trying to have graphic images of the 1996 Port Arthur massacre removed from the Internet. A police training video has found its way onto several social networking sites. It shows many of the 35 victims lying where they were gunned down by the mass murderer Martin Bryant.
3: Are we going to watch
0: them? Yeah, you're going to watch all of them.
3: Yes! (laughs)
0: <laughs> sweet uh, yeah I guess anyway
3: I don't know if I what I just
1: agreed to yeah
0: I would like to point out that you agreed to it <laughs> yes alright Martin Bryant he goes and he orders a meal now this is around one twenty pm he's done killed an elderly couple he orders his food mm-hmm. and it's probably like a panini or whatever I feel like that's the type of panini place I don't know if they eat paninis in Australia probably I like learn.
1: paninis it's been a long time since I had a panini Actually, does grilled cheese count as a panini? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, then I had a panini tonight.
0: He has a like a bag with him, like a gym bag. He walks back towards the kitchen to return his tray, and right there at the bar, which I'll show you the inside of the restaurant, he puts the sports bag out like on the table, and he takes out the bloody knife that he used to stab the elderly couple with, and he kind of puts it on the table. At the cafe? At the cafe, yeah.
3: All right, this guy's office rocker.
0: Yeah. Now keep in mind, there's like people 90% around. in here are tourists or more. Right. Everyone's tourists. I mean, there's a tourist spot. It's mm-hmm. kind of like going to Fort Moultrie.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I wouldn't go there. I think it's dumb.
1: <laughs> when I got gotcha. go there. Wait, do people still go to Fort Moultrie? Oh, yeah, people go to
0: Fort Sumter. No, people go to... I see old people going to Fort Moultrie all the time. He puts the bag on the counter. Mm-hmm. He takes the knife out, puts it on the table sorry that was way too loud and then he takes out a video camera sets up a video camera okay now what he does next is extremely shocking and horrific he takes out of the bag a colt ar-15 sp1 carbine with a colt scope and a 30 round mag and in this cafe there was approximately 60 tourists in this cafe. That's a big restaurant. The tables are all pretty close together. Mm-hmm. He starts shooting No tourists oh, my in goodness. this cafe. And I, I, think it's, I think I should just show you the video right now before so I go he, any further. So
3: is there a recording from the cafe's security footage and his? Or is it what we're watching from his recording?
0: This is one of... The witnesses, survivors that was in the cafe. Peter Croswell, he was a gunshot victim. Here is him talking right here.
1: He looks like Paul Rudd with a mustache. Yeah.
2: I up from the table, walked towards the front door of the restaurant, and I did, this guy walked in. hair. All
0: right, here's the, this is the broad area cafe.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: He shoots 17 people.
2: Like, Whose video is this?
0: This is the investigators
2: there.
1: We never would it. never see anything like this in the United States. Like, what do you mean? I... Well, it's a banned video, Jen. Oh. Well, I know, but it's I'm just. Invest- say- it's from the investigators. I know, but I mean, like. Oh, oh, wait. they're mind.
0: I mean, this story is really graphic. This... I didn't
1: know we were going to be looking at those corpses. Well,
0: this is actually. This is a mass murder, one of the largest ones in history, Mm. done by a lone gunman Mm -hmm. that Americans have never heard about. This is the Port Arthur Massacre. Okay. All in all, 35 victims were killed, including the two elderly from earlier. In a nutshell, Martin Bryant, with his long blonde hair, gets in his Volvo, kills two elderly... The David yep. Martin and his wife, then drives all the way to historic Port Arthur in Tasmania and starts at the Broad Arrow Cafe and he massacres 17 people inside that cafe.
3: Uh-huh. And then goes to a third location.
0: Goes to many locations. Uh, goes oh. not well, not locations like different countries or whatever. But yeah, he goes, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: for instance, he goes to the gift shop, then he goes outdoors, that's why I kept saying there's not many roads on and off of Tasmania. It's kind of a choke point, and Mm. most people don't even drive their cars down there. They take these coach buses. Mm. So, And I'll show you a video with an American tourist that was there taking a video of the shooter, Martin Bryant, and all the coach buses. So he goes to Broad Arrow Cafe to the gift shop, out to the coach buses, then he goes up to the toll booth road,
3: and he's driving to yeah, yeah location. he's
0: he's doing he's doing he stops here and then kills people and then stops here and wow. then kills people. He goes up to the toll booth road, kills some more people, and then he finally goes back to Seascape, and that's why I showed you a picture of Seascape being burned down. So how does he choose his locations? Well, I'm gonna get onto that, I'm gonna get onto that. I just wanted to give you the overview because it's very confusing. The story is very confusing, and there's no really good books about it. There's really no good literature about this. And I've never done a story that is so divided. And I know I asked Lauren about this. I was like, what do you think about the conspiracy Hmm. about this? Because 35 people were massacred by one guy Uh very quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then right after, Australia has this huge boost in gun laws. Okay. That's the the seed of the conspiracy. Is know? that
3: the it was not a single shooter? It, it,
0: that is one factor. The other one is it was, he wasn't even there to begin with. And in fact, in his really? interrogation video, he denies ever being there. So we did like the Vegas shooting, right? And there was even a conspiracy on that. I didn't bring it up because it's like ridiculous. Every murder we do, there's a conspiracy. Sure. Yep. So yep. the
1: conspiracy is that... This was brought about by the Australian government to pass their gun laws? Exactly.
0: Hmm. That's the exact conspiracy. Every murder has a conspiracy, but I never watched actual testimonial videos from the survivors taking the conspiracy side, as in this case. When this case does. Wow, that's weird. And the conspiracy is, he wasn't even the shooter. What? Yeah, (laughs) fucking crazy
3: because he was so distinct in his long blonde hair.
0: I don't want to go down to conspiracy road. I just basically want you guys to know, you type in Port Arthur massacre and watch any YouTube video. More than half of the comments and I I'll bet you guys that this is that this is the case. More than half the comments of any videos are going to be people saying, "If you believe he was the shooter, then you're a you're an idiot or whatever. The evidence is, doesn't Stack up right. I mean, these are Australians saying that he's not the shooter. You know, it's
3: divided. It's a very divided case, I-
0: and it shouldn't be. I mean, the guy is obviously the shooter, right? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm gonna do the story as told, and then if you guys want me to do the conspiracy, I will later. Cool. All right. It was 1:30 when he finished his meal, and he opens fire in the Broad Arrow Cafe. Now, the Broad Arrow is very small tables close together. The first shot which you saw in the video, I don't know if you noticed, it was a Malaysian couple. They were the first to be hit. Now, like everyone in this, in the line of fire, if you will, didn't know anything was coming at all. And in fact, you'll hear one of the survivors saying she still had like her thumb in her cappuccino where she was like, you know, how you stir
2: it. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw two Asian people.
0: This is Wendy Skurr. You're going to be hearing from her testimony here in a second. I pulled her interview testimony from a conspiracy conference, but she was there during the shooting. I just had to put that disclaimer in there. She was a tour guide at Port Arthur and a trained ambulance officer, basically EMT. Mm -hmm. She was 50 meters away from the cafe when the shot started to happen.
2: Sitting on their chairs, one holding a knife, and the other with her finger through the cup of a cappuccino and they had been shot straight through here they hadn't known what hit him it was so sudden so it's like she didn't even
0: know it was so quick that no one knew what was happening i want you guys to remember that okay it was really quick next to be hit was a guy named mick Sargent. the bullet actually graced his scalp and knocked him on the floor
2: <laughs> finding another man who'd been shot in the head and he had a piece of dirty rag over it. He said, do you want to have a look at it? I said, no, leave the rag there. I said, he said, I don't know whether the bullet's gone through in my brain or whether it's I just, you know, creased the skull. So uh, that was nothing to what I was to find later.
0: He was actually a survivor. The fourth shot was a 21-year-old named Katie Elizabeth Scott, and she was shot in the back of the head. She died instantly. The weapons that he's using for this massacre are automatic rifles ar-15s like kind of these battle rifles almost very high powered rifles
2: sergeant jared dutton of the tasmania police ballistics section this weapon's a 223 caliber uh, Colt self-loading rifle model ar-15 um this was the weapon that was used in the cafe where 20 people died Um, this this particular gun fires a a bullet at around about 3200 feet per second this was one of the guns that that the offender used um, at the various scenes at Port Arthur.
0: Next was the 28-year-old New Zealand winemaker, Jason Winter, and I looked up a little bit about his story, his background. It's pretty sad. He was kind of a uh, a very, very talented winemaker from New Zealand. This is him right here, and uh, it says, here Hero winemaker, Jason Winter, at a wine tasting. You know, young guy. A sommelier, perhaps. One of the unique things about this story, as you'll see in the papers, is a lot of the victims, the papers will say, you know, they died a hero. They were giving out bravery awards. I got this whole article that I pulled from a newspaper about bravery awards. It seems like every guy out there was jumping in front of mm. in front of the bullets, trying to hide their wife and yeah. kids, you know, try to like guard them or whatever. Yeah. So this is Jason Winter. He actually was at Hobart Murilla Estate Winery, I don't know if I said that right, for about 10 weeks when he was shot visiting his wife. Her and her one-year-old son, Mitchell, and father-in-law were in the cafe, but they survived, luckily. His story is this from what I was reading. He was just walking into the cafe, and he just spots his wife, his one-year-old child, and his father-in-law, and... As he was walking towards the table, that's when the gunmen started opening fire, and then he shielded his family, and they oh, survived. Wow. So he was, out of his family, he was the only one to, to die. One of the next victims, Anthony Nightingale, he was a 43-year-old loans manager from Melbourne. Melbourne. Melbourne? Melbourne? Melbourne. Melbourne. He was fatally shot in the neck and the spine. Mm-hmm. A couple, Peter and Carolyn Nash, they were actually in the souvenir section of the Broad Arrow Cafe when the shooting began. Nash, 32 years old, he he died while protecting his wife. Now, this is an article from The Age. That's a newspaper that we'll be reading from a lot. I guess it's a local newspaper there. This is from October 3rd, 1997, so a few days after the uh, incident. He
3: covered me with his body. Peter was the one who recognized the danger straight away, and he tried to find the exit for us to get out, but he couldn't. When it came to the crunch, he just got me to lie on the floor, and he covered me with his body. I know that if he hadn't have tried to physically protect me, I would have been shot too.
0: This from the same paper that you were reading. This is the Citations of Honor. So these are all the victims and the things they've done. I'll put this on uh, the com. It's basically... All the deceased in the cafe have been reported as jumping in front of the women and children, you know, and trying to protect the family and the loved ones, even strangers, you know. So it's—that is, like, the only good thing I saw about this story is that, you know, there's some brave people still in this world. Uh, one witness, Philip Milbourne, who was at the cafe, tells ABC Radio that, "Quotes, he wasn't going bang, bang, bang it was, bang, and then he'd pick someone else and line them up and shoot them. Wow. Yeah. Ooh.
3: It wasn't just like a spray of bullets. Exactly. It, was just, yeah,
0: it wasn't was a madman. Oh, was a madman. But he wasn't going in there. Yes. You know, not Bonnie and Clyde right, thing. Right, right. Where we are at right now, just in the Broad Arrow Cafe. Now this is going to be very important with the whole gun law thing. I'm going to briefly touch on, but I'm definitely not getting into that territory. Mm-hmm. But we have 12 people dead just within this cafe area
3: right how long and two
0: and 10 injured 12 dead 10 injured how long did that take the first bullet to right now 12 killed 10 injured like how long did that would that take seven minutes
3: from from when from the
0: first bullet Bullet, first bullet to the last bullet first bullet fire to the last bullet in the cafe a minute
1: well, he was targeting he wasn't he was saying that like, it wasn't just like bang bang. It was like he was targeting his different people. So I'd say it'd take a little bit longer. So I say seven minutes.
0: Twelve people dead, ten injured, fifteen seconds. What? Yeah. You see what I'm getting at with gun laws? I'm not getting into the gun laws, but you see one of the reasons they they have to ban automatic rifles and stuff like that? Twelve people dead in fifteen seconds. I'm just saying, I'm not going to get into that portion, but that's crazy. That's a lot of people dead in it, 15 seconds. Especially if he wasn't just spraying the room. Exactly, yeah. So that's almost
1: like a JFK more than one gunman type of thing.
0: <laughs> now we have the conspiracy nut. <laughs> I think I am going to have to do a second episode on this. But I mean, that is one of but the conspiracies. If you're,
3: I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, if you're... Exactly. You can still target and at least have an accurate shot with a with an automatic weapon and still
0: yeah that's true you don't have to like reload everything and keep in mind the power of the weapons too i'm gonna put oh yeah you
1: don't have to like pull the trigger all
0: away you just have to like it's a very no i'm talking about the the firepower the actual
1: i kind of want to go to a gun range although i'm pretty sure the gun is the last thing i need to have in my hands second to a gun would be an axe the axe throwing type of event but i Still want to try that, too. I don't want to try oh, that either because I, I think I would have an accident as well.
0: Another reason for the gun debate is the power of these weapons. Because how the, the crime scene investigators describe it and the EMTs, how they describe it, it's not like plugging bullet wounds, like you get shot with a 9 mil, he's got to plug the bullet wound. It's like, it's like segments of flesh all over the cafe.
2: As I was moving to the office to phone the ambulance service, I trod on something. It seemed to crack under my feet. It was the skull of a young woman. She'd had the top blown off her head. And to my horror, when I looked down, her brain was lying in a bowl of chips. It had fell out of her head and she, as she fell to the floor and went into the bowl. I thought to myself, then I can't take much more of this. I covered the bowl with a tea towel. Because the sheer power of
0: the bullet rips off flesh how would you that, co- does that make sense it's not like you know one bullet like a small hole like a pistol it's how like would, it rips flesh off it's a very high power rifle
1: how would you compare it to a shotgun shot like i know when you were talking about like the murder in marple when you're like the yeah. shotgun if you get hit by the shotgun like your head gets blown off like how would it compare to that or does it
0: not really because all right how a shotgun works is a shotgun at close range yeah it would but Shotgun breaks up the shell so you get the shrapnel, hit, yeah. shrapnel everywhere this is just that one big ass bullet and it just your whole leg parts of your leg will just come off shotguns gonna spray you everywhere
1: well I would I mean, like to is it's it hard too, to
0: save someone's life if you know half their chest is missing yeah <laughs> that's what, true is you know what I'm saying
1: is it too early to state my opinion on that
0: on what on The automatic. Oh, I don't care what you believe. You can state if you want. I'm not getting into this thing. Well,
1: (laughs) I just want to say is that I don't think that that civilians need automatic rifles for self-defense.
0: Right. Don't don't get me into this. And I hope you understand, Alan. That's for you. (laughs) But I do not want to go down this road.
1: (laughs) I, I think. okay. well, I don't know. I just think that. Everyone has the right to bear arms, but I don't think that civilians need automatic rifles, automatic weapons for self-defense.
0: I just want to say one thing: I ain't taking sides, but yeah, you ban automatic rifles, then what? Next best thing, bump stocks, right? You, you're always going to find a way to skirt around. I'm All just right. saying. Anyway,
3: I guess the point is that it's hard. It's harder. Like there, yeah. th- and so I've heard. You know, people make the argument too that. Well, if we if all guns are banned, well, then people will just, you know, start killing people with knives. And yes, but I think the point is that with guns, sure, but I'll at least say automatic weapons, is that you can kill so many people and do so much more damage in seconds. Right. Versus a knife, for example, you have to fit, go up to someone. It's a very easy personal impact and you're not going to be able to do a whole lot of damage before you get taken down yourself. So like I follow that argument. And so I, to an extent do agree with you, Jen. I don't think that guns should necessarily be banned in the United States. Right. But I do think it should be at least made harder. If not autumn, there is no purpose for a civilian to have an automatic weapon.
0: 12 people killed 10 injured 15 seconds. He walks into the gift shop, which is connected. which I'll show you in the video. That's where he sees 17-year-old Nicole Burgess shoots her in the head. She was working there. Mm-hmm. 26-year-old Elizabeth Howard shot in the arm and chest, both dead. The second they were shot.
2: was a guy that walked into the room with the gun, and he just proceeded to shoot everybody.
0: That's the uh, that's the Malaysian couple right there. I'm pretty sure. So I mean, they they were like you could see their food. Yeah. Look at the food. It's just like there's like crepes. They're just eating crepes, and now they're just like yeah. This massacred. is
1: so strange to see. It's like a museum
0: exhibit. Yeah, this real is video was supposed to be not public. Uh-huh. That is what I'm talking about, the destruction of a high-powered rifle. That's brain. Ugh. That's what I'm talking about. That's what – that's the, the debate on some of these uh, rifles
1: well I'm nicole saying. if you didn't feel like you were going to throw up earlier how are you feeling now area. definitely feeling it coming up
0: now <laughs> this right here is who i'm talking about now this is nicole burgess and elizabeth howard they were shot kind of lined up you know it looks very weird oh, no. just how they're lined up right there you know instant i mean this guy was picking people off quick and see how they got the red tags on them
2: Myself and the two ladies, we out. No, this, is, no, this is 15 seconds.
0: Treatment. He did all this in 15 seconds. Another
2: person. Isn't that He's crazy? He then back past That's it. the
0: creepiest one. To right me,
1: there. this is worse than the stuff we saw in, in Ed Gaines'
2: episode. Like, this is just killed.
0: very sad.
2: And then, oh, sorry, 15 seconds.
0: 15 seconds. 15 seconds. He killed all these people. Whoa, it's fucking nuts, man. So, Elizabeth Howard, Nicole Burgess shot
2: dead. They were the ones in the gift shop. I then moved around the cafe looking for more alive. There were none. When I arrived at the only outside door in the gift shop, I found five dead. A total of seven, including my two workmates behind the counter of this gift shop.
0: Coralie Lever. Now, I looked up a lot of these people and some of their stories, Mm -hmm. but obviously 35 people... You know, I, I just wanted to build a little substance with it. Coralie Lever and Vera Jari, J A R Y, I think I'm saying that right. They they hid in the gift shop in terror. Vera J's husband Ron was shot in the head. Dead. Died instantly. He kills twelve in the Broad Arrow Cafe. Moves to the gift shop and he's going to kill eight more people. Now there is a fire exit door in the gift shop. Yeah. Hello conspiracy. It's locked, and it can only be opened from the outside with the key.
2: When I walked into this area here, I found all these dead. In fact, these three were piled up on top of one another. They were all dead, and that was the only outside exit door to that part of that building. These two girls, those two staff members, this is the counter. They knew that door wouldn't open. It, would have been, it was broken, and they, they hid there. But had that door have opened... Those two girls would have led those people to safety.
0: Doesn't really make sense for a fire door. No. But you have people pushing on this fire door, frantically, about six people, trying to break down this door as the gunman is coming towards them.
3: And they can't get out.
0: Because the only way out is in the front, and the gunman's walking towards them. He -hmm. kills every one of them because that door was locked. Okay, hello, conspiracy. Out of all those people, Caroline Nash survived by hiding under her dead husband. All these people were trapped in the gift shop. All in all, right now, we have 20 people dead. We have 12 injured. Okay, last time it was 12 people dead, 10 injured, 15 seconds. Now, 20 people lay dead, 12 injured. What do you think the time is? How many seconds since the first shot?
3: A minute. Uh, I'll I'll still say a minute, I guess. (laughs) Four minutes.
0: 90 seconds. Oh. So who is this Martin Bryant guy? The guy that shot up Port Arthur. This is one of the world's worst mass killings with a lone gunman. It's awful. And America really doesn't, or at least our generation, doesn't really know about it. I sure mm-hmm. as hell didn't know about it. No, I don't. And
3: But honestly, there are so many mass shootings that it's yeah. kind of hard to keep up with them all. It sounds terrible. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's true. This is a uh, video of Martin Bryant as a kid. This can kind of, this explains his psychology a little bit.
2: Do you think you'll be playing with firecrackers anymore? Yes. Don't you think you've learned a lesson from this? Yes, but I'm still
0: playing with it. Maybe I should give you some context with that. That was a that is a video of Martin Bryant as an 11 year old, I believe. He was he burned himself playing with firecrackers. So that's like the first known video of the shooter that we have. In order to control Martin, he was very wild, ADHD on high, right? Mm-hmm. Turned all the way up. His parents would actually chain him to a tree. Oh my oh. goodness.
1: I was just about to ask if he was getting any help, but that certainly doesn't help. No nope. Was he on medication?
0: No, but he damn well should have been. He was, quote, annoying and difficult, very difficult. He was bullied as a young kid, as a young bloke. <laughs> what I started to put together in my own mind was that first he was bullied, then he kind of started to be the bully. Mm. One article I read said that at a young age, seven, eight years old, he was diving with one of his other blokes, you know, kids, mates, mm-hmm. mates, and they were diving, you know, with snorkels, and he mm-hmm. actually pulls a snorkel off his kid, <gasps> almost kills the damn kid, oh, like underwater. Did you
1: see the story about that guy that proposed to his girlfriend when he was like
0: diving? Yeah. And
1: yeah. Really sad.
0: At six years old, he was torturing animals. Now he would. Ah, ha- he so had he's this, showing
3: like, signs of a yeah, killer.
0: He had like this uh, airsoft gun, kind of like a bullet pellet gun kind of thing. So he would shoot rabbits like in the back of the head.
1: Oh.
3: Just
0: repeatedly, bow, bow, bow. And, and you got to shoot them a couple times before they actually die. So. Sad. Yeah. and And one report I found he went to school one day, like sixth grade, seventh grade, or whatever. And contorted his face the entire day for no reason. Like, eh, you know, when the teacher's like, "If you keep your face like that, it'll stay permanently." Mm -hmm. He did that for the entire day and didn't talk to anyone. He's like,
3: "Eh." "Sounds like a weird kid." Just
0: super fucking weird.
3: Yeah. Okay. Troublemaker. He's a troublemaker, disrupting everybody. All right.
0: All right. An IQ, IQ of sixty-six. Me either. Sixty-six. Was his tested IQ?
3: That's really low, right? That's
0: extremely low. Yeah. That's average is a hundred. That's on the borderline of what uh, psychiatrists would consider mentally retarded. Hmm. Okay, sixty eight is like, from what I've been reading, at least in Australia, like the okay kind of thing. So and he had
1: sixty six, so he could yeah. So he hmm. he definitely had some sort of learning disability.
0: Oh yeah, very much so, and he's very hyperactive. He never did receive uh, the kind of support and help which... This is Professor Paul Mullen, a forensic psychiatrist that actually interviewed Martin Bryant. Hope would be offered uh, to an intellectually disabled young child. One of the things that kept coming up by multiple reports, psychiatry reports, and I think this sums up Martin Bryant really well, is you saw the picture of him, correct? Mm-hmm. Very good looking guy extremely good looking. Well, I'll show you a picture. Well, he,
3: yeah, go back to it. He looked uh very effeminate. I mean, he's like he has like a man's body type. He's like broad shoulders and stuff like that, but his hair and facial features um
0: at first glance couldn't
1: I have this cut. theory that if you cut her hair off, she'd look like a British man.
0: All right. Well, anyway, most people Excellent. Quote. Most most of the blokes in Australia would consider him a good-looking guy. And the the blokies the women,
3: Wait, can, or the can
0: blokers. What's again? women's called? Blakes? Women? The Blakes. The way that I've seen it described in multiple psychiatry reports about Martin Bryant is that he was such a good-looking guy, you know, with his long blonde surfing hair and just a really clean-cut guy, that the expectations of talking to him, so if you were to go up and talk to him... You would you'd have these certain expectations where he was, you know, a cool guy and smart, intelligent, you know, could hold a good conversation. And the reality was completely different. Hmm. He was very weird, very odd couldn't hold conversations, would try to force conversations. People would try to get away from him as quickly as possible. He was very odd, very weird. Right. And he wasn't intelligent, obviously. He was IQ of 66. He was like a child. So you'd go up and talk to him. You're thinking you're talking to a cool guy. He's like a 10-year-old child. His personality did not match his looks. I've seen this several Mm -hmm. times. A lot of people had said the same thing. Now, this is Robert Wainwright... He is the author of a book called "Born or Bred." It's kind of the it's the uh, kind of like the uh, biography of Martin Bryant.
1: People who met him saw this strikingly handsome, blonde, blue eyed, um, strapping young man, and expected something vo- mildly intelligent out of his mouth when he when he spoke. Instead, they got uh, a, a simpleton.
0: All right, so that is basically. Him in a nutshell. Now let me. So he
3: had signs of low intelligence, very low intelligence, odd behavior, yeah. ADD, ADHD, ADHD, very wired, and animal cruelty, and so one day he just decides he's going to go do this.
0: Now let me talk about the car park. We're going back to the murders. Then I'm going to talk about one of his very eccentric relationships, very weird, very strange relationships. That will describe more of his personality. Now, we're back at April 28th, 1996. Now, we're in the car park. He goes into Broad Air Cafe, massacre. Goes into the attached gift shop, massacre. He's up to 20 dead now, including the two elderly from earlier. Now, the next thing is the car park where all the buses are. And the majority is buses, big coach buses. You'll see a video where there's like 10 lined up. Because most tourists would get on the bus... And take that one road that goes into Port Arthur, which is a perfect place for an event like this to occur. There's literally limited options to escape, you know? Right. One of the conspiracy things, I told you I'd touch a little bit on it, is it took a little over four hours for the police to arrive. What? Yeah.
3: Four Four hours?
0: Four hours.
3: Is there no police in Port Arthur?
0: (laughs) They are, but it took four hours.
1: I'm sorry. Were they doing something more important? That's
3: absurd. <laughs> it's
0: very shitty. Yeah. It's fucking awful. That's, that's a disgrace. It is a disgrace. The uh, Wendy Skurr, you'll hear what she says. She was actually getting embarrassed.
2: I remember a lady came to me. She was so upset. She said her husband was dead in the cafe. She had no car keys or money, it was all in his pocket of his trousers. She was so desperate, she wanted me to go and collect it from her husband's body. I explained to her that was the police's work and I was sorry. But they hadn't arrived yet. I just started to feel embarrassed about it. I then I had a request from a man, similar. He wanted his wife's handbag. She was dead in the cafe. And I thought, this is getting out of hand. Where are the bloody police?
0: All right, this is from The Age, May 3rd, 1996. Of the 60 people in the cafe, 20 were dead and 15 were wounded. The gunman walked calmly out past the table where he had eaten his lunch. Hundreds of tourists were milling around. There were about 600 tourists that day at the Port Arthur. A large percentage of them went in on these coach buses. All right, that's a lot of people, and this is a Sunday a lot more than usual. There's your conspiracy, little nut right there. <laughs> more than usual on today. Anyway, some of them had headed back to the cafe when they heard the pop, pop, pop.
2: Security manager and part-time emergency service volunteer, Ian Kingston, was carrying out his normal duties when he heard the shots and walked into the cafe as the gunman continued firing. Ian froze and quietly backed out, warning people to get away people running to the nearest phone to call police at 1335 hours
0: of the gunfire they too thought it was some sort of reenactment now i saw this multiple times you have a historic port with all these historic buildings the tourists were thinking it was just some fun reenactments like maybe some kind of wartime or like
1: during cannons or something cannons
0: or something like that Mm -hmm. and it's funny uh i saw a video the other day so you know, we did the Vegas episode and stuff like that. Most people thought they were firecrackers, right? Because mm-hmm. you, if you if you've never been in that situation, you never you don't know what it sounds like when you're getting shot at, because never you've never been in that situation. So you just think logically, it's probably firecrackers, right? It's the same here. They thought it was just a reenactment because they'd never been in that situation. But anyway, kind of interesting. I saw a video the other day. I think it was like New York or something downtown, and. A mass of people is like this little CCTV camera, or whatever. And there was like a truck that backfired. Literally everyone just started flooding the other way, thinking it was a gunshot. That's kind crazy of, how
1: cultures change. Yeah, it's
0: kind of crazy, is it? And I saw that and I was like, man, that's nuts. Many people in the car park, which you're gonna see in a minute, started to hide in the buses. Out of the Broad Arrow Cafe, you got basically a parking lot with the buses, and then you got nothing but the bush, as those blokes in Australia call it, and then literally the edges of the island. You know what I'm saying? The ridges of the island. Mm -hmm. There's, like, nowhere to go. So you would—they were hiding on the buses. This is from the age, May 3rd, 1996. You can read this, Nicole, if you want.
3: The gunman shot into the crowd, still milling outside the Broad Arrow Café. People fell. He then walked to the tourist bus parked nearby. It was a Tiger Line bus, the type of bus Martin Bryan had wanted to travel in to Port Arthur. The gunman shot the driver, 59-year-old Royce Thompson, and three people nearby. Several people tried to hide under the bus. The gunman knelt down and shot them, too. By the time he had drove off in the yellow Volvo, the Broad Arrow Cafe and the surrounding area had been transformed into a carnal house.
0: He was squatting under the buses, like literally what they do in movies. Are you trying to hide under the bus? You know, ba bop, 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 under the buses, man. He was trying to leave nobody alive.
3: But he did leave a lot of survivors, though. Yeah,
0: but a lot of survivors played dead and stuff. Yeah. The tourists, as I said, most of them ran into the bush. The other ones hid in the buses. Those were the only things you could do. Janet and Neville Quinn... We're moving towards Mason Cove and away from the buses at this time. I'm going to show you a video of all this stuff in a minute. Janet Quinn was shot in the back near the bus with the bus driver uh, from the article, Royce Thompson. So they're lying together, both of them shot. This is crazy. I'm about to show you this video where you can see it. He goes to his Volvo, the shooter, Martin Bryant, goes to his yellow Volvo, opens the trunk, changes weapons, gets the F-N-F-A-L, sits in his car for several minutes and just sits there. And, like, he's thinking something. It's very weird. He goes back to the buses where Janet Quinn was laying. She's injured. She was shot next to the bus driver. He shoots her in the back. He walks over her body, and he just finishes the job, shoots her, boom. Neville Quinn, which was the husband, Returns to look for his wife because they were separated. Martin Bryant spotted him, chased him onto the bus and said, quote, no one gets away from me. Neville was shot in the neck, but he survived. He eventually found his wife, which tragically she died in his arms. Okay. Now, this is a video from James Belasco. He's an American citizen. There's somebody going crazy shooting people here. So you see the buses? You see how many buses there are? Mm. There's a mm-hmm. shit ton of them. Yep. There don't, I mean, it's not like you can just run out, get in your car, and leave. I mean, you're literally trapped. You know, I was trying to think of a... Well, it so- just
3: shows, this helps illustrate, too, how um, small of a... Like, it's a port, but it's not a port city like Charleston's a port city. Like, this is yeah. very rural. This is, looks like it's a dirt road. You know, mountains in the background, not yeah. much around it.
2: I filmed as much as I could of him shooting uh, off into the distance and at, at different uh, objects. Um, at, at some point, he saw me shooting or videotaping because I was sticking out like this behind the camper, the back of the camper, and through the viewfinder, I could see him take aim at me with his gun. Scary shit. And... Um, I just dropped to the ground, you know. You can see that on on the film. And and then at the moment, you can hear the shot that that he shot over my head loud and clear. You have people
0: hiding in these coach buses. Eventually, Martin Bryant gets into his yellow Volvo, and he drives towards the toll booth. Remember I said there's like one road in, one road out. So it was that choke point. This is extremely, extremely disturbing. What I'm about to tell you. But there was a family, Nanette McCack and her two children, Alana, which was a six-year-old, and Madeline, which was three. I did read that she was on one of the coach buses at one point, but she decided to take her daughters and run through Port Arthur. The Sydney Morning Herald describes her as a vivacious redhead and a local Port Arthur guide. As I said, this was her... It was her day off. Her husband was actually at a golf game. He was about to turn thirty-four years old.
3: At about one PM, Nanette McCack headed for Port MacArthur. The girls were hungry and she would buy them lunch at the Broad Arrow Cafe. Nanette would stop for a cup of coffee and buy a bag of crisps for the children. She liked nosing around the souvenir shop. Once she bought Maddie a white teddy bear. All
0: right, so yeah, you're reading from the Sydney Morning Herald, May fourth, nineteen ninety six. Here's the rest of that.
3: Nanette had bought the girls some peanuts, and they began walking towards the parsonage at the top of the site, away from the road down towards the toll gate. But halfway there, Nanette made the decision that was to alter her fate and began heading towards the road. It was 1.30 p.m., and something was not right. She had heard popping sounds coming from the cafe, and now, when she was about 300 meters up the road, a mustard-colored Volvo was headed up the road to the toll gate. She began running, picking up Maddie and shouting Alana to run. Inside the toll booth, the staff member watched horrified as the man inside the Volvo got out and calmly raised the rifle he was holding. Nanette died, still holding Maddie, who was shot in the head. Alana ran, terrified, behind the only source of a refuge in the park, a large, stringy bark tree, but the gunman relentlessly followed her, aiming his rifle around the tree and shooting at point-blank range.
0: Massacre of 35 people, that's awful, but it's it's almost like... He made a new line. He crossed another line. He, he
1: chasing he, down children, chasing like, down oh.
0: a six-year-old.
1: Just why it does like,
3: around
0: a fucking tree I, to kill her. A six th- that's running around a tree after you just shot her mother. It's just fucking. Oh, it's gross. He drives up the road. Now he blocks in a BMW owned by Mary Rose Nixon. Now she has several passengers in the car. Russell Pollard. Robert Salzman and his wife, and his wife Helene. Bryant took out his FNFAL. He shot Salzman point-blank range. Now this is in the BMW. Okay. He shoots the other two and he drags them out into the middle of the road. This is away from the toll booth a little bit. So he's driving up just past the toll booth, killed the macaques, and now he's driving back up, blocks in this BMW filled with four people, murders them all, drags two of them out into the road, okay? Then he decides to steal the BMW. So he, what he does is opens his trunk, he transfers the AR-15, a container of gas, and all the other ammo into the new BMW he's got. All right. At this point in time, he has killed 31 people, and he has injured 19. So he's got four more people he's going to kill. Hey, guys. This is John. I'm going to stop it here tonight because... I don't want to have to torture you guys to sit here and listen to two hours of this whole massacre, so I'm going to break it up into two parts, but I'll put the second part out later this week, and plus I'll put another episode out since I've already got this one in the bag. I just got to edit it and put it out for you guys. If you really like this episode, guys, do me a a favor, especially if you're new here. Give me your review, man. Like... Any review, just, just give it to me. We're trying to get our reviews up because it, it lets more people see us out there. You know, there's a lot of—it's a, it's a big pond, and, and we're still a very small fish. So give us a review. Also, for part two, which will be out in a few days, if you want to ask questions about the story or you want me to clarify something— or even if you want me to go a little bit deeper into the conspiracy aspect, just let me know. Go to our Facebook page at ta- uh, facebook.com slash something with the talk murder in it. Just, just type it in Google and you'll find it. And uh, leave, leave us a message there and they'll get it to me. And then I'll put it into the second episode. All right, guys. So I'm going to leave it here for tonight. And I hope you guys have a great night. And look for the part two. Uh, probably tomorrow or, or like the next day. All right. Thank you and good night. The way that I've seen it described in multiple. I'm not
3: going to lie. All this Australia talk really makes me wish we had a blooming onion to have for Ugh. the evening.
0: Every time she's lost, about to win, like, I resign. I
3: lost, <laughs> and then I lost so, like twelve games in a row, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Why when when you guys game? started,
1: I was like, "Okay, this will be fun," and then I just get <laughs> shat on. <laughs> It'll be fun, they said. Uh,
0: and yeah, it wasn't. I fun was a, I had an eight-game winning streak, and she's been two games. I was. I'm such a sore two. loser. Like she beat me, and I'm I don't like, believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that at I all. I resign when she's about to beat me. Even though it counts as a loss, I don't want her to to beat me by too much, so I just resign. She hates it.
3: Really unfair.
0: It really is unfair. The thing that keeps coming up about this is you'll hear uh, Paul Muffin? Oh, <laughs> Mullen. <laughs> Shit, I gotta get my eyes checked. <laughs> Paul Muffin? I was like, Muffin?
3: Somebody's hungry. Okay,
1: Paul Mullen. Do M- you know Paul the Muffin, Muffin Man? The Paul Muffin Mullen. Man? The Muffin Man. Yes, I know the Muffin Man who lives on Drury Lane. Paul this Mullen. Uh, He's married to the Muffin Man.
0: I gotta get my eyes checked. Oh, oh that's know. a nice house. Leather. Thing. I like that. Yeah. Look at all those trees and the water.
1: Oh, look at that plant, that tree that has oranges on it, but it's not an orange. I think it's like some type
0: of flower, orange plant maybe? flower. But it's very pretty, pretty house. This is what the house looks like now. Oh. That's it. Oh. It is burned down.
1: Well, Dad. Much for that house.
0: <laughs> Sorry to ruin your night. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> All over my mic. Yeah. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> uh, I better call this Mike an Uber. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, that was funny.